0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 82. Hey there, impact drivers, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking all about the when and the how of building a project management training and development program inside your organization. Many of you are PMO leaders, running big programs, or in a position in your organization where you are influencing how project management competencies are built in your organization. This episode is sponsored by Wrike. Wrike is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Wrike to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash Reich. That's PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash Reich. And so we're going to dive in today to the when, the how, the why, and everything that you need to know to get the timing right and the right support and focus for developing your project management competencies in your organization. And joining me today is Allison Primack. Allison is a new friend for me, and I am so honored and excited to have her here sharing a little bit about her experience on the ground. This is really a PMO practitioner case study, and she's going to explore with us what she did when she was faced with a situation of needing to build a PMO, and then a big part of that was setting up this project management development program inside her organization where it hadn't existed before. So let me tell you a little bit about Allison before we dive in. Born and raised in California, Allison Primack has spent the last eight years in Washington, D.C. supporting some of the largest federal IT projects. For Allison, there is a thrill in tackling newly forming programs and strategically building organizational structures and processes that are scalable, easily consumable, and effectively meet their objectives. Ah, she's speaking my love language. She enjoys being placed into situations that require her to solve complex problems and creatively break them down into incremental solutions. Allison recently started a new project management role at Conquest Cyber, following two and a half years at a Fortune 500 health IT company, where she has managed a variety of initiatives that have helped them develop and scale the federal practice to best serve client needs. Now, Allison is PMP certified and has earned her master's of public policy from the George Washington University and her undergraduate degree in communications from UC San Diego. So with all of that said, Allison also was a PMO leader in this organization and had to build a PMO from the ground up to serve a very large program, which we talked about as a part of the PMO Impact Summit for 2020. And one of the interesting things we discussed was this project management training and development program she had to build for the organization. And I said, we've got to talk about that on the podcast, because I think what you're going to hear today will help you think about not just what to build and how to do it, but how important it is to get the timing right. It's probably not the first thing you do out of the gate. In fact, I can almost guarantee it's not the first thing you do out of the gate. And we're gonna explore all of that today. So Alison, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Laura. Oh absolutely. I think this is so wonderful. So I gave a good introduction overview of who you are and what you had to face when you were building this PMO from the ground up. Can you expand on that a little bit more to give our audience a little bit of context before we dive in? Sure. When I was hired by the
1: Fortune 500 company, we had recently won a large federal contract and which was very exciting for the team but we had never had a prime contract or where we were the main contractor to the government before. And what's different about that is you're working with another company, you're teaming up, and you're able to use some of their processes. But for us, we were really building our knowledge base and how we wanted to partner with the government on our own and figure out how we wanted to run our contract. So when we first got started, we had some baseline things in place, but no real PMO processes and supporting structures that we could work with in order to standardize how our project managers engaged. So the first thing that we did was starting to build out the PMO. We looked at our scope that was in our contract, identified what was really important to our client at that time, trying to figure out what pieces that we needed to make sure that we are tracking other than for by PMs out there, the triple constraint, Right. What were things that mattered to our client? What was important and go from there? So it's a constantly evolving process, Laura, as you know. The process development is not a one and done. So worked on building out in partnership with our clients. And I think one of the things with the partner program is How are we working, you know, across the different organizations within our company, as well as our subcontracting partners to make sure that we have a consistent program based on processes that we built. So I think to your point about the timing of the thing, we had to be creative since we were building everything at once.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And one thing that we dove into during your summit session was this idea of first, figure out the business needs, figure out the most pressing needs. And in this case, a lot of that was clearly defined in this contract, but you didn't start with first, let's build a whole bunch of process and then put a ton of templates in place and then get everyone trained, then start delivering value. You were delivering value right away. And then once you started to get some momentum and really help the client and your internal organization see that what you were doing was working to solve the business problems, then you took a step back and said, okay, now how do we really develop this core of project management talent so that we can continue to build on this great momentum we've started? And I think that's critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think really looking at it, it's not a training problem or a process development problem. Really, it was a cultural shift and a change management problem that we were solving, right? So, you know, not only are we adding processes for people to use and be able to help with their work as they're managing projects, but really how are we changing the culture of how we do work to best serve our client and communicate the things that we need to with them in order to be successful in moving our project forward?
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, When the timing was right, what were you trying to establish? What was your real goal with this project management training program? You hinted at culture. Can you dive into all that a little bit more?
1: Sure. So I think we knew that if we put together a program on this is how you use PM processes, these are how you use it, and here's how you go do your job, that that was not going to be um, successfully implementing change. Mm -hmm. So what we really did was try to build a holistic program. That would allow for project managers to have that initial training, but set the groundwork for ongoing and continuous learning. So we did that through a couple of ways. We tried to send our groups through a cohort so that they had a group of 25 to 30 students with them to kind of have that class bond in the training program, working through different exercises and kind of hands-on and sharing experiences so that we could initiate the sharing That's not just, you know, somebody coming up and lecturing, right, but more so facilitating and sharing experiences and also teaching content. And then outside the program, even more opportunities. So created a mentor program for a way for them to engage different PMs on the project that maybe have a similar background or similar skill set to talk through for a few months afterwards what they learned on the program. And how that's applied, you know, and any questions that they have. We also had a networking component. So setting up whether it was happy hours or when a cohort recently graduated, welcoming them and having some inter-cohort mingling and also some opportunities. COVID obviously makes networking a little bit difficult, but did some online um, opportunities as well there. And then last but not least, I think some of the things we were talking about yesterday during the virtual summit recording was about this continuous learning, right? So we, I think, acknowledge that as the PMO grows and expands and client needs shift over time, we have a 10-year project. So that's not a short feat and things are bound to involve both internally and externally. So really having that continuous, whether it's a lunch and learn, or an online training launched, or even other opportunities like attending the PMO Impact Summit, we try to share those throughout the group so that it's a constant involving and we're learning together as a group.
0: Oh, I love that, I love that. So I was gonna ask you like, what was in the program, but I think you've laid it out really nicely with you had so many different facets and so many different ways for people to learn. So I love that you didn't just, as far as the structure, have just training. And just lecture style or webinar style training, you have a ton of different ways for people to engage, connect, network, learn, learn from each other. So you're creating this cohort of peers that are going through it together, which means those are the first people that they're going to call if they're trying to apply something that they learned in maybe one of those other modalities and then they are stuck or they're saying, okay, well, now the real world is happening and I'm having this problem. What should I do? And then the peers can kind of be there as a support network. So I love the cohort. love that concept. We have a lot of that with the Impact Engine PMO Group Coaching Program. Um, I know you, you know about the Impact Engine PMO Training Program, but on top of that, we have a group coaching cohort that is there to support each other online, in our group coaching sessions, all these different ways to share information and support each other. And hey, I am using this new template for scoring our projects to figure out their priority. Let me share that with you or things like that. And I think that's so important because that's where the most, I think the most learning comes from is taking what you did in a classroom style or an instruction style or a walkthrough of the process, and then you're applying it and making it real. So I love that your framework had abilities for connection, engagement, collaboration, idea sharing on top of the training components that they learned. And then I also you know, picked up, all of you impact drivers listening, there's like a ton of value bombs being thrown here at us. So make sure you're grabbing it all up because this is so cool. You had the mentoring program and was there anything else in this program that you haven't mentioned as far as all of the different components? I just want people to get kind of a visual, especially if they're starting sure. about on a walk and they're saying, okay, I've got to write all this down. What are all of the different things that your program had in it?
1: You got it. So I think something to kind of note was that we were serving project managers who came from many walks of life, right? So we Mm -hmm. had some that have been with my company for a very long time, but maybe on the newer side to the project management field, we had project managers that came in with 10, 15, 20 years of project management experience in the Washington DC area, but new to the company. And so really what we were doing was what was a program that we could set up That was specific to the project management practices and the PMO processes to kind of have that change management and build that PM culture. So that was one of the reasons why we decided to build something in-house. So the first thing was the in-person, we called it the core training, where we had the cohorts. This is really like going through the PMO processes, but going beyond this is the process and more so how do you apply it? It was very activity-based. We had an amazing facilitator, and I call it a facilitator, not a trainer, because mm-hmm. really, I think it wasn't just he You know, was very experienced and was able to talk about how this worked from his experience, but was also trying to draw out the experiences from those in the room to kind of provide that extra value. I think our learning strategist was also awesome and was kind of like what's in it for me as a part of the approach to getting people excited about engaging. Because you probably know, Laura, if you came to a new company and you've been a project manager for 10, 15 years, you're probably asking, why do I need to go to a training program? Really wanted to make sure that talking about learning and kind of that experience. The next step was the mentor program. So mentor program was basically a buddy system where you have somebody to call to talk through. We asked that for the first couple of months after training that they work through and talk about the different components of what they learned in the training and how they're applying it to their job. And if there isn't something that doesn't apply, maybe that's a room for continuous improvement that the PMO can take in for feedback. The next part was about networking. So giving the different project managers the opportunity to talk to or work with project managers that maybe they wouldn't have come across otherwise. So I think to your point earlier, I love the kind of that organic sharing. That's something that we love to promote in our program as well. And then finally, the continuous learning. And I think something really cool about our continuous learning is, yes, it's very PMO heavy. Um, When the PMO is updating their processes, they'll come and do a lunch and learn or something of that sort. But we also include opportunities. Um, We have a lot of PMP certified project managers. So trying to provide opportunities both, you know, like the um, PMO Impact Summit, other free PDU opportunities and podcasts for folks to listen to and, you know, maybe connect over. And then also for my PMPs out there, you know that, you know, when you have your renewal and you have those 60 PDUs and you're, oh man, like how am I going to get that all done? We try to get our PMP certified project managers engaged and offer them the opportunity, if they have a topic that they want to talk about, if they want to create a presentation or do a lunch and Learn, um, and allow them to kind of do some PDUs through that as well um, through our program that we encourage that heavily with them.
0: Oh, that's so, so, so good, so good. Now, taking a step back, I really want to emphasize that you were talking about this being a cultural shift. And I'm curious, is there anything you decided that you would not include or include, because you could do so, I mean, you. this is such a robust program, but I'm sure, sure that you were faced with situations where you had to decide, What's not going to be in here? Can you talk about anything that you didn't include or any decisions that went into deciding because you were doing more than just training people? This was, sure. this was cultural shift in your organization. And I like how you snuck in there and I keep trying to pull out all these wonderful things you're sneaking <laughs> in there like it's no big deal. These are really a big deal. The fact that you were using this as a way to bring new people into the culture you were building as you were building it. Right? Because you Absolutely. said for project managers that have been there, done that 10 or 15 years, they're saying, Why do I even need to do this? You really were helping them understand this is how we do things here. And I think that is so incredibly important because that's how you get to that common language. But before we go on to, okay, did this really work and all of that? <laughs> yep. Can you say, is there anything you decided that you were not going to include or any decisions you made up front or over? the evolution of this training program based sure. on the focus on cultural shift?
1: Yeah. So I think one thing that we just wanted to be very careful of is we didn't want to overprocessize the training. So one thing that we did not want the team to walk away with was, here's a checklist of all the things you need to do as a project manager. And if you check things off this list, then you've done your job and you've done a good job. I think in our like environment and kind of the overarching company culture that we're fitting into, it's always client first. And so trying to find ways that we could promote that through our PM culture, right? So we wanted to talk through like, here's a framework, but obviously there's problem solving giving Mm -hmm. some scenarios of kind of that integration of where some of these processes come Mm -hmm. together and what it looks like in real life. And I think also too, like kind of using it as a a tool to educate maybe some of our other, you know, technical areas or functional areas that maybe aren't used to having the luxury of having a project manager, right? Come Mm -hmm. in and help them stay on track, educating them ways that they could further engage and further help them by showing them the value that they were doing, right? But that doesn't right. necessarily come through when there's just a, a how-to guide, if you will.
0: Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, so the big question is, you did all of this, but did it work? Did you achieve a return on investment, which you know I'm always talking about, for all of the effort you put in, and what does it look like today?
1: Sure. So I will say that the jury is still out. We, I think, are seeing some immediate cultural results and some mm. positive impacts from leadership having more ideas and a better you know, understanding of what project managers do and how mm. they can help them. I think that there's also been some really positive impacts in terms of our contractual deliverables and having some organization and timing. So there's some media ROI on that. I think one thing that's hard about programs like this is that it's so much soft skills in the beginning, right? And kind of seeing those cultural shifts. So I'm excited to see as it evolves over time, if there's more tangible financial things. But I think in terms of people understanding what project managers are, how they can help them and project managers, knowing that they could go reach out to each other and who's who in the zoo. I think, especially in the time of COVID where we're not sitting in an office next to each other Um, that there's already those relationships that they know who they can ping. There's a phone a friend option. There's a distribution list you can email if you have a question, you know, and knowing who those leads in the PMO are if you're facing an issue, I think has been really critical and kind of those relationships and being able to ask each other and not feel isolated on an island has been um, pretty impactful so far.
0: Oh, that's good. Okay, so now imagine you're sitting in a coffee shop And you're talking to somebody who's doing this for the first time, or you're talking to you a couple of years ago when you first started all of this. What is the one piece of advice that you would give them about what you would do differently? Or if you had a do over, what would that look like?
1: That's a really good question. So, if I had a do over, I think one thing that I wish we would have done earlier is. Really looking at training everybody in the PM processes, not just project managers. I think Mm -hmm. something that we ended up doing even before launching this whole project manager development program was came up with an online, really quick one-hour tutorial of how to do the PM processes, which you know, at some point, I think it was about a year into having the PMO became a part of the onboarding and core training. But I think it really would have helped with that cultural shift if we had done that beforehand. And given folks the opportunity to kind of be exposed and know that there's processes in place, even if they weren't perfect in following them, at least having that awareness would have been great up front. And I think this isn't necessarily a redo, but I think the biggest thing that I learned along the way, and I also mentioned in the PMO Impact Summit recording yesterday, is not to be afraid to ask for help. It was one of these things where I knew that a training program needed to happen, but knew that it would not be successful if I did not have the right kind of facilitator trainer to come in and lead it. And it definitely wouldn't be successful if we didn't have a learning strategist who was very specialized in adult learning and really came up with that structure that included those different components that really solidified in. Because I would not have thought to do things beyond just like, oh, some like, casual networking and a core training. So having those reinforcing things was a really helpful perspective to have on our team.
0: Oh, that's so good, wow. So you guys have heard it here, from one PMO practitioner to all of you impact drivers out there, the kind of program you can put in place to not just train your project managers or develop them, but really use this as an opportunity to transform the culture and build this project management competency Not just with project managers, but this is going to leak out into the rest of the organization as people change how they talk about project management, how they think about project management and how it can help the organization achieve the big crazy goals that we all have or make the shifts that we need to make in our organizations to not just survive, but thrive. Thank you, Allison, for being here today. I really appreciate your time and sharing all of this wonderful insight with our audience.
1: Of course. Thank you so much, Laura.
0: And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Ryke. Ryke is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage, and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Ryke to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash That's PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash All right, Impact Drivers, that's it for today's episode. I look forward to hearing what you have to think. Make sure you leave a note wherever you found this episode and let us know what you think about Allison's approach to building project management competency in her organization. That's it for today. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.